Welcome back for the the last study of the book of Job that we have here. My name is Gregory Baines, and I'm blessed to be able to to summarize here with you and and read this last part, the conclusion of of the saga of Job here. Uh, Last week, let's talk about what we talked about. We saw God's speech to Job and and kind of briefly flew over everything that that God said and the rhetorical questions. Job, are you there? Have you done this? Um, And then God asked for a response from Job. We talked about Job's tone changing from chapter 31, where he said he would approach God like a prince, to chapter 40, where he covers his mouth and says, I will not speak. I've said too much. And we saw that Job began to began to realize his error. Um, we also talked briefly about the difference between questioning God and um, challenging his character and, and bringing questions to him, humbly asking for for grace and for an answer and, and um, saw how God dealt with Job and, and corrected and rebuked him and, and his answer to Job um, was not about justice, but instead was an answer of this is who I am. This is my wisdom. This is my greatness, Job. Um, understand that I don't have to answer to you about just things. Um, so today we're going to see Job's conclusion, his final response after the Lord has finished his speech, and ultimately what happens to Job as a man uh, in his life. But before we do that, let's let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our study today. Father, I thank you so much for your word and um, for how gracious you were to Job. Even in the midst of his suffering, you were kind and compassionate to him, and and Lord, you, you poured out uh, truth that, that he did not deserve. God, you were not obligated to answer him at all, but you were gracious to give him that, that truth, and, and it affects us and changes us. And Lord, today as we see um, Job's response of faith, I pray that it would encourage us and stir us up to be faithful as well, Lord, to, to humble ourselves before you, to repent, and um, and we see what you what you did with his friends, all of that, God. I just ask that you would give us wisdom and insight and help us to understand um, how to process and deal with, with suffering, Lord, and, and how to run to you uh, when things aren't right and don't feel right. Um, so uh, would you bless our time today? I pray your word would speak to us, your spirit would convict us, and that we would become uh, doers of your word and not just hearers. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, turn to Job chapter 42, and if you don't have your Bible, go grab it and open it up to Job chapter 42, and let's look at it together. Uh, Job chapter 42, verse 1, this is Job's second response to the Lord after the Lord began speaking, and in the first we saw Job began to realize his error. Here we're going to see Job's um, confession of of what he has done, and uh, let's read together Job 42, verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes seize you. Therefore I retract and I repent." in dust and ashes. Job knows and confesses and recognizes that that God is greater now. Um, He realizes that he doesn't have a leg to stand on before the Lord. No purpose of God's can be thwarted. And he confesses that before the Lord speaks truth and agrees with God. Lord, you are great and and I am am 
too hasty in my um, assessment of you. And then Job quotes God from chapter 38. So turn back over a few chapters, chapter 38. Look at verse 2 here. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, verse 1, and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Uh, Flip back over to 42 here. Sound familiar? Verse 3. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Um, Job confesses, I was too big for my britches. I have overstepped. I have spoken about things that I don't understand, things that are too great, too wonderful for me. I did not know about them, and, and I spoke. And, and then verse 4, it's, it's a flip where God told Job, kind of ironically, Job, instruct me um, how, how kind of a bold thought that God would ask Job to instruct him. He's not really asking. But Job then says, I will ask you and, and you instruct me, Lord, in a, in a sincere way. God, please instruct me because I did not know these things. I will ask of you. Um, would you please instruct me? And and then we get to, to verse five. Um, and this is such a right and good response of faith from Job. When Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Job confesses that his knowledge of God, his theology was lacking, but now he has encountered God in a real and living way and has heard from the Lord directly who he is and has been shown um, the error in his theology and, and in his understanding of who God is. And then verse 6, Job says, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. This is the right thing to do for, for all believers. This is an application much greater than just Job. But when we are confronted um, with a wrong idea, a wrong thought, or, or a, a sinful action that we have, our response is to humble ourselves before the Lord, to repent, to retract, to turn, and to, to beg for, for mercy and grace from the Lord, knowing that He is rich in mercy and grace to give it to us. Um, so we should absolutely have the same response of Job when we are confronted with truth about who God is and who we are. Let us submit ourselves to the Word of God and to who He is and instead of um, bowing our neck or sticking out or being proud in our understanding. Um, and this uh, is Job's speech to the Lord, and it pleases God as we, we see in how God treats Job and, and confronts Job's friends. So let's keep reading here in verse 7. It came about after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Elipaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves and my servant Job will pray for you for I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Nemethite went and did as the Lord told them and the Lord accepted Job. Immediately, this verse reminds me of James chapter 3, verse 1, uh, which, let me flip over there real quick. 
James chapter 3, verse 1 says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. These three friends of Job approached him with their knowledge and their teaching. They sought to instruct Job as to why he was experiencing suffering and what he could do to make the suffering stop. Um, the Lord tells them they did not speak what was right about him to Job. They had a theology of, of retribution, that suffering happens when you do bad things and to bad people, and that God rewards the righteous and the just, and, and they don't need to suffer. And this is a very natural point of view, and in some ways, they're, they're kind of half right here, right? Um, suffering does follow the wicked, and, and as we've been looking at the book of Proverbs, um, our actions definitely have consequences where suffering is involved, but this is not always the case. Suffering happens to righteous people, as Job was, and it was certainly not the case with Job, and they spoke about something that they didn't have knowledge of, and it was not right. Um, the Lord was not punishing Job in this sense. The Lord was was actually proving that Job loved him to, to Satan. If we look at this, have you considered my servant Job? This is the question that is answered, where after Satan accuses God of just blessing Job, and that's why Job loves him. We, we see um, that. And, and it's so interesting, too, that the Lord says, you have not spoken what is right as my servant Job has. Job had, had spoken the true things about the Lord. And if you read throughout the speeches, um, you'll see all throughout Job talks about the character of God, the righteousness of God. But, the, but there is a point where Job kind of drifts a little bit and, and seeks to justify himself before the Lord. Um, but certainly Job knew God much better than these three guys. And, and God uh, corrects them here. They didn't know the whole story of what was going on. And I think this is a good lesson for us to take through as we apply this to our lives. Um, I think we are often quick to speak and, and don't follow the command in James, which is to be slow to speak um, and quick to listen. And instead, we um, often are quick to speak and, and we can't wait to address uh, an issue. If someone is confiding with us or sharing a story Often we want to share, well, this is my experience. This is what happened to me. This is what you have to do to fix the problem. Um, instead of listening and letting um, the Lord speak through us in his word and, and being slow to speak. Um, as we're going through the book of Proverbs on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights, Pastor Keith has mentioned the proverb, you know, a fool seems wise when he remains silent. And that's certainly what Job's friends should have done, which is why God in, in a twist of irony says so you know remember how you said all these things about job and he was unrighteous and i was judging him and he needed to do this uh well now you're going to go to job and, and he's going to pray and intercede on your behalf because i'll hear his prayer but i'm not listening to you um what what a i just love the way the lord works in that it, it's such a, a a funny kind of dramatic thing in the story that god would say yep you three guys who've been kind of beating up Job over, you know, 30-so chapters. Uh, well, now, listen up. Uh, you got to humble yourselves and go offer these rams and let Job pray for you. And and you hope that I will hear him. And God does and, and forgives them. The Lord is good in that. But um, certainly, what a, what a, a great sense of humor <laughs> the Lord has in this. 
So God teaches them through this use of irony, and, and that reminds me of Luke chapter 14, verse 11. He who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. We see Job's humble response to the Lord in verse 6, and we saw the pride and the exalting of these three friends where they felt that they could speak to this issue um, prematurely in their pride, and they are now humbled. And God has exalted Job, and we're going to read more about the, the restoration here in verse 10. So let's continue there, read verses 10 through the end of the book. Um, chapter Chapter 42, verse 10, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Then all his brothers and all his sisters and all who had known him before came to him, and they ate bread with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversities that the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him one piece of money and each a ring of gold. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 female donkeys. He had seven sons and three daughters. He named the first Jemimah and the second Keziah and the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land, no women were found so fair as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his grandsons, four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. You see here, God restores the fortunes of Job. And and certainly, the Lord did not have to do this. Um, Job could have died. He could have suffered till the end of his life. And God would have been right and and just to do that. But um, God is gracious and merciful to Job and and blesses him so much, even twofold. And, And you see in verse um, 12, the numbers here, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys are in fact double um, what Job had in, in chapter 1 um, where he had 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 oxen and 500 donkeys. God has blessed him twofold, increased all that he had twofold and gives him seven more sons and, and three daughters like he had at the beginning of uh the book here before they were were taken from him. Now, um, Job has been blessed so much and, and given um, what seems to be maybe double the years that he had before too. Uh, so many scholars believe that Job was 70 when all these things happened to him, and then God gives him 140 more years, so that would put him at 210 when he dies, which is, uh, I'd say, a pretty old man, especially based on today's standards. And God doesn't have to do that, but is gracious and blesses Job and, and restores his fortunes. Um, and this is the story of Job. This is how Job's life ends. Now, um, what does this mean for us? Well, there's a few points of application I want us to look at today. One, as we saw the repentance of Job, um, I think it's important that we remember that Job was an upright and righteous man. This is what is told um, to us at the beginning in chapter 1. Um, and he had to repent. Just let that be a, a thought that we think of when we think of our life. Would you be defined as a righteous and upright person? Um, and how often do you repent? Do you live a life of repentance? Let's um, search God's word, be confronted with our sin by the Spirit, and then repent and turn um, and humble ourselves before God that way. Um, let's live lives of repentance. And this is the this is the difference um, 
in the faith-filled man and the, the natural man, uh, the faith-filled person um, responds in repentance when the Lord convicts and the natural person um, is proud and refuses to humble themselves. And uh, we see that that does not end well all throughout Scripture. So let's be like Job and let's repent when God shows us and let's change our mind and turn from things that are wrong and turn towards right thinking and right living. Um, and then another question, are, are you arrogant like Job's friends? Do you feel the need to insert yourself into situations and give advice and counsel that is not from the Lord, that is from yourself? Um, do you feel that? Do you practice that? If so, stop it, repent, <laughs> turn, um, humble yourself and, and quit talking so much. That is an application for us. And, and this is a, a hard word for me because I think I need to shut up more and, and, and listen more. Um, so as we've looked at the book of Job, we see things about suffering, about God and man. And, and here's a few reasons that suffering exists in the world. Um, this is kind of outside the book, but um, one, we live in a sinful world, right? So sometimes even righteous acts require suffering. The greatest example being Jesus on the cross who suffered um, because of this sinful world, even as a righteous act um, required suffering. But also there's this sin world of mosquitoes and stubbing your toe and, and small forms of suffering. But but because we live in a sinful world, there is suffering as a reality. Um, two, we can suffer because of the sins of others. Um, I was talking to a social worker friend of mine this week and just hearing stories of after story after story of um, foster care for bad home situations where children have to be pulled out because of abuse of parents and, and that kind of suffering. Uh, there's the sins of others that, that cause suffering in our lives. But then there's kind of this third category of, and we don't know. <laughs> there's suffering that we just don't know why it happens and um, and Job ultimately didn't know. Now, we, we know the, the reason for, for Job's suffering here um, as we learn about suffering from this book. And God has, has revealed to us in his word um, some of who he is through Job's suffering and, and how we should respond. All of this purpose has been great for us, um, but Job certainly didn't know that. And there's suffering in our life that we aren't going to know the reason um, for. And all three categories of suffering whether it be because of this natural world or sin of others um, or because we don't know, must go through the, the hands of, of God's sovereignty here. Um, God is able to, to end all suffering for us. So we have to deal with our suffering, um, not just on an earthly, natural level, um, but before the Lord. Um, so what's the answer then for us? We certainly don't blame God because we know he can't do evil. There's not evil being done to us, but suffering passes to us through him. And God has a purpose in us, in it for us as believers, um, but we do not necessarily know what that is. Uh, and our solution is not to, to ask the question why or to know the answer why. It's okay to ask the question, but to hear that God um, is much greater and wiser and sees the whole picture and and we see his character and, and find him in his word as he's given and revealed himself to us. Um, we can know who he is. And so when we suffer, we can trust that he knows what is best. Um, so let's thank him for that and, and pray for his best 
in our lives. Father, thank you um, that you are gracious to give us reasons for why we suffer. We know it's, it's to build character and, and, and faith in us, and the testing produces endurance and Lord, it is to sometimes discipline and, and correct us, Lord, all those reasons you give. And sometimes we just don't know, Lord, but, but thank you that you are a God who, when we don't know, we can trust you. Because um, we do know this, that you are, are good and full of loving kindness and mercy and grace. And I pray that those hearing my voice that are suffering uh, would remember your loving kindness and your, um, your goodness to them and your faithfulness, God. Um, thank you that um, Jesus suffered and understands uh, all the suffering that we go through here and, and, and um, is our mediator and sits at your right hand, Father. And Lord, I, I pray that we would not run um, from suffering, Lord, but that we would endure under it and trust you and would remain faithful through it and could be a testimony of your grace and goodness to this lost world, Lord, but also that we would come to know you in deeper and fuller ways because of the suffering we experience in this life. Lord, help us not to get bitter um, because we know ultimately all bitterness is directed towards you as your sovereign, Um, but instead will we trust and forgive when others hurt us and and we experience that suffering. All of this, God, would you just give us a right view um, of how to suffer well and give us grace to do it as we suffer in this life. Would Christ be magnified in us? Would you be glorified through us, God? And, and we know that you know what is best, so we ask for your best. Your will be done in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.